The following program is presented by the National Committee on United States-China Relations, www.ncuscr.org. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, This is Steve Orleans. If you don't know, I'm president of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. Maybe you shouldn't be on this call. uh, We've held these conference call discussions now for several years, and I have to say we've never had a response like we have for this one from our membership posted about 36 hours ago when we've had over 100 people sign up to, to listen in. You know, the, the events that have kind of generated this interest are some of the most interesting and I would say some of the most important that have come out of China in decades. The implications for leadership transition, for rule of law, ferreting out corruption, as well as for U.S.-China relations need to be Needless to say, we're thrilled to have America's foremost experts on elite Chinese politics with us today. People always, when I'm in China, they say, you're a Zhongguotong. What I think that really means is I just know who to call when I need a question answered. And on leadership politics, it's Cheng Li. He is the expert's expert, the great friend both of mine and of the National Committee. Uh, before beginning, let me just make two uh, two announcements. One is I want to thank the Star Foundation that provides the funding for uh, these calls. And second, to say that this call is actually on the record. And if you quote Chung Li, and there are a lot of journalists I know on the line, if you quote him, I would appreciate if you also mentioned that he that was was. Uh, on a conference call that was organized by the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. So some mention of the National Committee would be deeply appreciated. But many thanks to Chung for doing this and giving so willingly of his time. Um, And let me turn it over to him. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for your very generous introduction and for moderating this discussion. I'm honored to share my thoughts on the unfolding Boshilai drama with the distinguished members of the National Committee and with the journalists. Now, in the next 25 minutes uh, that are assigned to me, I will address three main questions. First, what is the Bo Xilai episode all about? Second, why was Bo Xilai able to stay in power for so long? And what does his fall mean for Chinese elite politics? And thirdly, what can we expect for the future? What are the likely charges against Bo Xilai? And what are the implications for China's political trajectory in general and the leadership transition this autumn in particular? Now, before answering these three questions, I would like to spend a minute offering my overall assessment. I believe that the dismissal of Bo Xilai is a very positive event in China's political development. While it has already constituted the most serious political crisis since the 1980-1991 incident, and one may even say since the 1971 Lingdao incident, the Huwen administration might have successfully avoided an even greater crisis in the making. Now, it should be noted that one of the profound differences between the 1980-1991 incident and the recent Boshilai crisis is that in the later case, At least so far, China's economy and society have been hardly disrupted. 
This reflects the maturity of the Chinese society and the strength of the country as a whole. Now, to a great extent, this crisis is a good thing for China. It not only reveals major flaws in the Chinese political system, but may also help the Chinese leadership, intellectual communities, and the general public reach a new consensus, therefore contributing to bold and genuine political reforms. If, if the leadership fails to seize this great opportunity, the Chinese Communist Party will be in greater jeopardy in the years to come. Now, that's my, my overall assessment. Now, let me address the three main questions one by one. First, what is the Boshi Lai episode all about? Here, I want to challenge three prevailing interpretations in both China and abroad. The first interpretation is that it is all about factional power struggle. Second, it is all about Boshi Lai's ego personality and his notorious ambition. And the third, it is about ideological conflict. Each of these views has some truism, but none of them, nor a combination of them, adequately tells the whole story. Bo Xilai, for example, has a very strong factional identity. He is a heavyweight in the princeling faction, comprised of leaders with high-ranking official backgrounds. He was a protege of Zhang Deming and was very much backed by other princelings in their competition with members of the Chinese Communist Youth League faction headed by Hu Jintao. Now, Bo Xilai was also notorious for his political ambition. People on the streets throughout China, which actually is a Chinese expression, seem to recognize Bo Xilai's political ambition in his self-promotion campaign that focused on obtaining a seat on the next Power Bureau Standing Committee. Many, especially other political leaders, also knew that Bo Xilai's ambition was not to stop there. He wanted to become premier, as one of his staff members told the foreign guests in November. And actually, I heard this story twice from different delegations to China in November. One of Bo Xilai's advisors, a professor named Su Wei, at the Chongqing Party School, was quoted first in the Chongqing media and then the national media last September, as saying that, I quote, Bo Xilai and the Chongqing mayor Wang Qifan look like the team of Mao Zedong and the Dou Enlai. Now, Bo Xilai's arrogance was truly remarkable in Chinese politics and culture, which has the saying, leaders should be afraid of being high profile, just like pigs are afraid of being fat. Now, well, I don't know whether it's appropriate to say that or not, but it's a Chinese saying. Now, Bo Xilai also represented a new social movement that has a distinct ideological stance that the Chinese liberal intellectuals call Red Terror. Whether or not Bo Xilai should be considered a political opportunist, as I think he should, he explicitly called for a return of the Maoist era, appealing to a current of actual egoist egalitarian and actual nationalist sentiment in the country. This is what has been known as the Chongqing model. Now, in my view, these three interpretations are relevant, but not crucial to understanding this unfolding Bo Xilai crisis. The real crisis has more to do with the situational factors, such as the truly exceptional cases of the attempted defection of Wang Lijun, the, uh, the police commissioner, 
and the murder charges against the Boshi's wife. At the end of the day, this is a crisis for the CCP leadership as a whole. It is a crisis that strikes the very legitimacy of the CCP rule. The Chinese public has been shocked by both incidents. How could it be possible that a national hero such as Wang Lijun and one of the top leaders in the PRC and the Boshi Lai will be capable of such actions. Now, this is what the ongoing Boshi Lai crisis is all about. The stakes are very high, and the challenge to the CCP leadership is intimidating. Now, this leads me to the second question. Why was Boshi Lai able to stay in power for so long, and what does his fall mean for Chinese elite politics? Now, to better understand uh, or to better answer this question, we need to go back to factional politics with the tensions between the princelings on the one hand and the Hu Jintao Wen Jiabao administration, especially the Youth League faction, on the other hand. Now, leaders with princeling backgrounds have always used Bo Xilai, although probably none of them really trusted Bo Xilai. Bo Xilai was, has a nickname which is called Tianlong. In Chinese. He was always ready to attack his political rivals, especially Premier Wen Jiabao. On the other hand, Hu Jintao and Wen Jiabao saw Bo Xilai very much as a liability to their political opposition, namely princelings. They believed that Bo Xilai's personality, his role as a force to divide, not to unite, and his cultural revolution style campaign were doomed to fail, to, to, to failure. Now, these two factors help explain why Bo Xilai was able to stay in power for so long. It is also important to know the social forces for and against Bo Xilai. In my view, Bo Xilai had three major groups of supporters. First, let me very quickly mention this. Um, first, left-wing intellectuals, the so-called new left, which includes many ultra-nationalist opinion leaders. The second group consists of some princelings. I use the term some, not a majority of princelings, because many princelings also saw Bo Xilai as a liability. Some princelings share Bo Xilai's sense of entitlement, the notion of the, what I call the red nobility, and the same political and economic interests. The third group included the, the dissatisfied, dissatisfied public, who were inspired by Bo Xilai's egalitarianism, Bo Xilai's crackdown on the mafia and by the fact that the Bo Xilai seemed to be a capable leader who could get things done. Now, on the other hand, Bo Xilai had four groups of enemies. First, liberal intellectuals never liked Bo Xilai, and the many intellectuals often regarded him not only as a Maoist, but also as a Nazi-like leader who often singled out particular social groups as targets. The second group of Bo Xilai's enemies consists of the lawyers and other legal professions who have been very critical about Bo Xilai's contempt for the rule of law in Chongqing. Most noticeably, the distinguished uh, legal professor He Weifang was a leading critic, critic of Bo Xilai, and uh, he really was a very courageous man, and uh, in the past two years, uh, you know, launched an uh, open critic uh, criticism of Bo Xilai and Wang Lijun. Now, the third group consists of the, a majority of party elites, including military leaders, 
school believed that Bo Xilai did not play according to the rules, or the Chinese Communist Party rules, and that he would lead the party and also the country to trouble. Now, their opposition to Bo Xilai was evident in the multiple so-called inter-party elections since the 13th Party Congress in 1987. Actually, in China, the Chinese Communist Party, there were some kind of limited elections. They would eliminate those people who did not get enough votes, usually the very bottom, 5 to 10%. Now, Bo Xilai failed to be elected to the Central Committee three times over these uh, 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 past 20, 20 years. The fourth group uh, who opposed Bo Xilai or considered as the enemy of Bo Xilai uh, comprises a majority of entrepreneurs, both in China and abroad, who were deeply concerned or worried about Bo Xilai's style of populism and his anti-market tendencies. For example, he closed uh, Walmart, you know, uh, ate Walmart in Chongqing, and etc. Now, the second part of the second question, what does this fall mean to Chinese elite politics? Evidence seems to suggest that the party leadership has united on the Bo Xilai case. Regardless of what factions these leaders belong to, no one, no one will side with Bo Xilai on any of these very serious charges. Confronting these grave challenges to the legitimacy of the party, the top leadership has all the incentive, in my view, to unite. Also, I believe that the balance of power between princelings and the youth league has largely remained intact. This is most evident in the fact that the Bo Xilai's replacement is Zhang Dejiang. As we know, Zhang Dejiang is also a princeling and as a confidant of Zhang Zemin. So again, this is an indication that the, the sum of the deal has been made and that the balance of power has largely remained. Now, the likely, the likely charges against the Bo Xilai are very severe and may include, I have a long list, but I don't know whether some of them will be used or whether all of them will be used. Now, for example, establishing a politically independent kingdom in Chongqing, interfering with the official investigation, attempting to spread the top leadership, bugging other leaders' conversations. These are things actually he did when he was uh, mayor of Dalian, you know, many, many years ago. Paying left-wing intellectuals to spread rumors and engage in personality assassination against other leaders, using terror and the torture in Chongqing in the so-called crackdown campaign, engaging in corruption involving both Chinese and foreign companies, and most severely, or most seriously, conspiring in the murder of British businessman Neil Hayward. Now, as of now, the purge of Bo Xilai's confidants and the followers is continuing in Chongqing and Liaoning, but I hope that uh, it will not be too excessive. Now, there's an urgent need on the part of the Huwen administration to regain public confidence and to make the political succession a more institutionalized process. Now, the leadership, both the fourth and the fifth generation leadership, should more boldly, in my view, pursue political reforms to ensure the survival and the revival of the CCP rule. This is not something they will do later, in a few years later, or the second term. They should do now, in the coming months. Now, specifically, they should not only handle the Bo Xilai case uh, 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 through the legal channels. They should not only 
handle the abortion like case through the legal uh, procedures, but it should also take the opportunity to really promote legal reforms, rule of law, and eventually constitutionalism. Now, so you should also realize that the only way to reduce the power of sensational and the fake rumors, there are a lot of rumors spread, you know, it's really China entered the uh, a season of rumors, we know. It's the only way to you know, reduce this kind of rumor is to allow for a more open official media. And uh, the people will turn to official media for answers and for questions and, uh, 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 rather than just the uh, social medias and, uh, and, and et cetera. And finally, they should adopt a more electoral mechanism in their selection of senior leaders at the upcoming 18th Party Congress. Now, let me conclude by saying that there are reasons for optimism, namely the emerging political discourse in China for a more transparent and more accountable government. When Jiabao's promises, and some other leaders also made promises, for fundamental reforms in the party and the state leadership, and most importantly, the growing maturity of the Chinese society. Now let me stop here and, um, and uh, ready to, ask, to answer your questions. Chung, that was, that was terrific. That was both thorough and, um, I guess, surprisingly optimistic. <laughs> well, um, yes, when people become pessimistic, I become optimistic. Not it. <laughs> I was, you know, as, uh, as you know, that I was very op uh, pessimistic before Boshi like case. I argue in the past uh, two years in the public occasions that China was going to have a major crisis. You know that I said it repeatedly in many occasions. Mm -hmm. But now that crisis certainly already took place, and there's a good chance they can overcome that crisis and moving towards a good, uh, right direction. Take us from before. You, you put a lot, you kind of start somewhat at the attempted defection, and you use that as kind of the, the, the touchstone for where the event spiraled out of control. But talk more about what caused the attempted, the attempted defection? Well, you mean Wang Lijun's defection, right? Yes. Well, um, the, the reason is quite clear. Wang Lijun thought that, the, uh, either rightly or wrongly, that the Bo Xilai would kill him. So he becomes so desperate. And the only way to save his life and his family's life is to make the, the story internationalized. So in my view, he did the right direction, uh, uh, right decision to go to the, the, the Chengdu consulate. And early on, uh, people also, uh, the rumor said that he also went to the British consulate in Chongqing. I don't know whether it's verified or not. But uh, uh, whether well, he... Why at this point in time? Well, of did course, he, that's... He, a, he, the, he, the, he the, had just been removed as, you know, he'd been moved from uh, police chief to head of the education bureau of Chongqing. Uh, yeah. What what had happened that caused this this um, this decision of his? And wasn't there already um, a political struggle that had begun, and that's what caused it? So in fact, when you dismiss um, you know his notorious personality as the reason for Bossy Lai's notorious personality and his kind of going outside of the parameters of what Chinese officials can do, when you say that's not the reason, in fact, when you go to before the attempted defection, that is, it is already started. Oh, yeah. 
I, uh, certainly, uh, it is. It was evident that uh, there's an investigation going on, and uh, in terms of the Wang Lijun's uh, uh, own problem back in Tailing, and also that uh, uh, Neil Hayward's death, both probably the more cases under investigation, and. Uh, so uh, this is uh, uh, the reason, particularly the second case, the, the Wang Lijun uh, uh, also uh, uh, realized that the case. But there's something missing. According to uh, some of the official account, sounds like Bo Xi, uh, Wang Lijun wants to challenge Bo Xi Lai. That did not make sense to me, because this is really uh, it's quite unusual that because the entire career of Wang Lijun really depends on Bo Xi Lai. How could you explain that kind of effect? But uh, he did know it uh, must be something else uh, happening. But Wang Lijun did have the big uh, uh, fight with Bo Xi Lai regarding that case. And also that uh, he thought that uh, it's, uh, 11 of his own men, including police and the drivers, were arrested or even killed, whether it's wrong, uh, uh, just a forced, forced impression, or it's real happen, then he thought that he was in imminent danger. Now, again, the, the, uh, you can imagine that the, the, the real questions that the probably you want to ask, whether the investigation started much earlier, and, uh, or maybe uh, organized by you know, top leaders, maybe Hu Jintao, Wen Jiabao. We do not have sufficient evidence on that. But uh, on another hand, there, there are a lot of corruption uh, uh, cases under investigation. Certainly, Gu Kailai uh, uh, was involved in some corruption cases going on. But the, in terms of the, the death of the British businessman, that investigation, when did it start and how it started, we still do not have sufficient uh, the evidence, uh, information. And uh, there's something missing here. Does it relate in part to the, the, the head of the party and disciplinary commission um, being a former party secretary of Chunqing? Well, uh, you mean uh, He Guoqiang? Yes. Uh, well, of course, he has he been, charge. been happy that, you know, the, the, it, yes. there is this dahe, there is this, this uh, going after corruption in Chunqing when he had previously been the party secretary. Absolutely, this could be the explanation, but we do not have sufficient evidence because He Guoqiang is one of the nine standing committee members and also his leadership portfolio is in charge of party discipline. So he's entitled to do this kind of investigation. But this is an extremely sensitive case and, uh, and uh, it's, in many ways it's a very dangerous case as we know now. So uh, we do not have sufficient in, in information at the moment. I hope that the, 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 the story unfolds, that we will have better information. Uh, two questions, and then I'm going to open the, the floor to questions from uh, the listeners. One is, you say you hope the purges aren't excessive. Um, how many have been purged up to now, and what do you mean by excessive? And then the other side of that coin is we saw a number of trials and, and we saw torture and we saw other um, abuses of the legal system. Do, should we expect reversals of judgments, release of prisoners, and um, you know, kind of reversals of asset appropriations? Uh, this is a two-part question. The first one, so far, uh, those who were arrested, it's only just a handful, you know, uh, including uh, Zhang Xiaojun, the person who worked in Bo Xilai's family, and his wife. And the Bo Xilai certainly is under house arrest. 
and some of the business people and uh, uh, related with corruption cases also under arrest. And uh, so not many, including you know early on people talk about Wang Qifan. At, at least now Wang Qifan still a mayor of Chongqing. That's a clear indication. Uh, they do not want to touch too many people, and at least for time being. Uh, in the future, I, I, again, I only express my view that uh, I hope that it will not be excessive, and uh, will not uh, uh, end up with a cultural, another kind of cultural revolution campaign. That's the things that Bo Xilai was famous for. I think should use a legal procedure. And some of the liberal, uh, some of the left-wing intellectuals, the new left, if uh, they are not uh, advocating violence, I think they should not be. Uh, 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 in jail and, um, uh, and etc. Now, in terms of the second part of the question, that uh, certainly under the leadership of Bo Xilai and also Wang Lijun as the police chief, there are a lot of uh, 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 terrible cases. Some are really proved to be a uh, 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 false charge. And uh, uh, you know, within few months, when Wang Lijun became police chief, they arrest you know, hundreds of people. Some people said that even more than 10,000. This number is not verified, but it's large-scale purge. This is when after Wang Lijun became police chief in Chongqing. And they also executed some of the so-called corrupt officials and even, even some business people. Now, this is awful, and I think each and every of these cases probably will be revisited. Some of the false charges certainly will be, will be uh, 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 changed. But, well, but, by the way, one quick, very quick question. What do you make of the, when the um, Xinhua put out the announcement on the uh, on uh, Bo's wife, and they called her Bo Gu Kailai? What did that mean? Using both the, the married name and the maiden name together, which is something I have never seen in the PRC. Yeah, right. Uh, the, this is uh, actually probably have two messages. I tend to think one. One is that. Uh, you know, certainly it's uh, implied or, or, you know, uh, or even explicitly link Gu uh, uh, with Bo Xilai, constantly remind people that Bo Xilai is the person behind. Now, but I tend to go with the second interpretation, that when you have this kind of name, it's implied that the person has a foreign passport or kind of foreign ID or green card, whatever. This is the way that uh, for those who have citizenship in United States, in Singapore, and in Hong Kong and UK and etc. I think the second message is probably more important than the first one. And I think we will soon know what that means from the Chinese official source. Let me allow our members to ask questions. So, Jeff, if you can announce the first questioner. Certainly, sir. Thank you. At this time, we will open the floor for questions. If you'd like to ask a question, simply press the star key followed by the one key, star one, on your touchtone phone now. Questions will be taken in the order in which they're received. And if at any time you'd like to remove yourself from the queue, you can just press star two. Again, that's star one to pose a question. Our first question comes from Paul Eckert from Reuters News Agency. Thank you, Dr. Lee, for your uh, sharing your wisdom for us on this Friday evening. My question uh, is twofold but related. Uh, is Bo Guagua, the couple's son here in studying here at Harvard, is he in any danger uh, in any way, legally or otherwise? And more broadly, is China likely to take a second look at uh, the number of uh, sons and daughters of officials who are uh, studying abroad at very expensive universities that would be 
seemingly be beyond the the means, uh, you know, the the means to support on an official salary. Thanks. Well, first of all, that uh, at this point, the charge certainly was not made uh, against the Bo Guagua. And when he went to UK, he was only, you know, a teenager. And uh, uh, but on the other hand, that uh, uh, a lot of attention will be given to Bo Guagua. And uh, someone even said the rumor that he already left the United States. But based on my information, he's still at Harvard. And uh, certainly, it's uh, on the personal level, it's a, it's a tragedy, and for a young man. And uh, but on the other hand, I think that he will be just like his family under some investigation. But uh, the, if, the question here is whether he will ask for political asylum. We do not know in the United States because this will cause some uh, issues in the U.S.-China relations. And also that uh, there's a widely spread rumor that, uh, 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 again, this is a rumor, not to verify, about uh, Gu Kailai had a foreign account as much as 8 billion uh, Chinese yuan. Now, that's a huge amount, and uh, if it's in some countries, it's also Chinese government wants to get the money back. Now, this is probably something later, but uh, certainly related with Bu Gua Gua and related with the poor family, and also have an impact to China's foreign relations. Now, then the second question is, and the son and daughters of the princelings. Now, this is a widely spread phenomenon. I don't think the Chinese leadership should change that and have a crackdown about uh, this phenomenon because some of the uh, you know, uh, leaders' children probably really uh, 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 come abroad through the normal channels and uh, some are not corrupted. Of course, that you can doubt uh, uh, about the, 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 this statement. But uh, we, again, if you really undermine the entire elite class, you will really... Uh, uh, lead the country in a very disturbing political crisis. It's uh, far more than just a, a purge of Boshi Lai. I think uh, it is uh, for the sake of stability. I think that uh, the leadership will limit the purge and certainly will not target uh, 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 the children of the uh, leaders. But uh, on the other hand, I think that uh, the, the phenomenon of reprinting certainly is on the spot. I think sooner or later, that uh, the leadership needs to give explanation and also should introduce more regulations, more uh, rules to deal with that phenomenon. But uh, at the moment, probably we will not touch that. That's a, a very sensitive issue and to a certain extent less important than the other, uh, the other daunting challenges. Next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from Susan Shirk from University of California. Well, it looks like she has uh, removed herself from the queue. We are holding for questions. Our next question will be from Joseph Patat from World Bank. Uh, hello, Chang Li. Yes, Joe. Yeah, thanks very much for your presentation. I really appreciate it. I have a two-part question for you. One is, uh, uh, as you mentioned, Boshilai essentially really uh, took a red uh, uh, position in the, in the political ideology, and then uh, he wanted to have people to move towards a somehow it's kind of uh, ideological uh, uh, path. But the question, the question I have is the following. Uh, 
that resonate among a certain part of the population, particularly the disenfranchised part of the population, and would the, his arrest be a backlash uh, uh, on that part of the ideological front? That's the first part. The second part of the question is, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with you about uh, your suggestion of the political and media reform at this point. But uh, how likely is it to take place in a transition, political transition period that we are in right now in China? Thank you. Well, both are very good questions. I think that uh, for the first one, I think leadership does need to be aware of possible backlash because uh, to a certain extent, the dissatisfaction and uh, the, I mean, the public is real. And uh, also, the criticism about the leadership in terms of ineffectiveness and also uh, the, the concept of harmonious society actually uh, uh, went nowhere. That kind of criticism also quite strong. And the middle class is also uh, quite unhappy with uh, various issues such as official corruption and uh, 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 the, the state-owned enterprises monopoly. Uh, that also the possibility will exert uh, property tax, which really hurts the middle class. Now, these are widely spread uh, concerns or dissatisfaction in the Chinese society. And also, despite that uh, Bo Xilai's uh, kind of socialist or Maoist movement uh, uh, may come to an end, but the, the ideas, some of the issues will remain, and the so-called new left movement will probably find a new leader, and uh, these kind of issues will not be over. But uh, that's why the backlash could be overwhelming. So it is important to point out uh, the model that uh, in many ways contrasts with Chongqing model, so-called the uh, Guangdong model. Actually, people also do not talk about that. The, the, uh, particularly Bo Xilai's uh, rival, Wang Yang in Guangdong, uh, became relatively silent, largely because of concern about the backlash. Now, this kind of uh, thing certainly will uh, 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 make leadership very much alert. But having said that, I should say that uh, uh, people now will, even those supporters for Bo Xilai, when look at uh, all these uh, problems associated with crimes, associated with Bo and his family, they will no longer support him. They will say what a critic, uh, you know, hypocrisy, uh, you know, this kind of hypocrite Bo Xilai was and is. So that support will, you know, diminish significantly. And also those uh, uh, princelings, no one wants to be associated with him. They all want to keep distance with him. So basically his power base really undermined uh, in the recent development. But the, in terms of ideas, in terms of the, 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 some of the justified issues for you know, social justice and for e uh, equality, this kind of movement will continue and uh, certainly the leadership, whether Fu Jintao, Wen Jiabao, or upcoming leadership, should uh, even more forcefully address these issues. Now, the second question about uh, how could you do that in, in, uh, uh, at the time of the, the transition with all these challenges or possible uh, you know, danger of out of control? Yes, certainly this is a valid concern, and many leaders will use that explanation. Now, here is my two answers. First of all, early on, I mentioned in my overall assessment, compared with 1989 Tiananmen, Chinese society, Chinese economy, have not been disrupted because of Bo Xilai. Now, this should give confidence 
for the public. That the problems really rely on the Chinese Communist Party leadership, not necessarily uh, reflect the problem in the society. So the, the weakness of the party not necessarily means the weakness of the country and uh, or, 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 the, or the problem of the Chinese society. So in that regard, that uh, you can avoid, uh, you know, all the, the, the myth that the instability uh, probably will be challenged by some of the liberal intellectuals. But at the same time, I think the, it's really the issue that the, the legitimacy of the, the Chinese Communist Party with all these problems. You know, Chinese Communist Party has been famous for a lot of bad things, but the assassination murder is really exceptional. Now it reached that uh, point. Now let's also remember that the triggering factor in Taiwan's uh, transition for democracy was the assassination of a writer named Jiang Nan in the United States. Then Jiang Jingguo recognized that the, the, the Kuomintang lost the moral high ground. Therefore, he needs to lift the Dangjing and the Baojing, which means the, 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 the one-party rule and also media censorship. Now, whether this will happen to China or not, it certainly uh, no one knows. Only time can tell. But I think that uh, you look at the Chinese discourse, even in the official media, in the, the recent People's Daily editorials, now call for rule of law, call for serious political reform. Wen Jiabao's remarks, uh, you know, in, in the final day of the National People's Congress, he emphasized the state and the party leadership reform. It really makes it very clear that China should rapidly move that direction. And certainly that crisis gave him the more kind of political emanation to uh, argue in that line. And other leaders, maybe even those who previously opposed uh, 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 this kind of political uh, uh, reform or inter-party election, may feel this is uh, 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 the only choice they can go. That analogy to Taiwan is, is, is a fascinating one. That is truly optimistic. You know, do you, you know, we've, I've spoken over the last several weeks with people from Liaoning and people from Chongqing, and there is significant support for Borsilai, and there is a, a level of incredulity about the charges. What are the chances if this is the case? I mean, these are not insignificant places. Um, what are the chances? Do you think that this could spiral out of control, that the attempt to paint Boa as this evil character fails because, you know, there have been other cases where Chinese media has misled the Chinese public and it doesn't have tremendous credibility with the Lao Baixing, that basically people say, you know, this guy is being railroaded and we should continue to support him? Well, certainly, uh, you know, possibility exists. But I think that possibility is very slim. Now, this is all related with the fact that the, what a charge the central leadership will place on Boshilai's case. Now, if the, uh, the, the top leadership only use corruption to you know, uh, 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 purge Boshilai, that will resonate very, very badly because according in the, uh, uh, in the, uh, the Chinese uh, public mind that uh, corruption is a widely spread phenomenon. So why single out Boshilai? But here, the case is quite extraordinary. And also, that the death of uh, uh, Neil Hayward is only one of the cases in the investigation. And Bo Xilai did have a bad reputation 
in terms of you know a lot of wrongdoings in uh, Liaoning and Chongqing, and uh, even you know many many years ago, or even when he was Dalian uh, 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 mayor, there are a lot of widely spread rumors throughout the country about the Boshi lies wrongdoings. So I think the government uh, has a solid case uh, to convince the people that. Uh, 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 these are real. But on the other hand, China is a big country. Always there are some people uh, uh, doubt the, 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 the evidence. There's always some uh, uh, left-wing intellectuals or any uh, people, even some people just wanted to see, you know, to accelerate the, the end of the communist regime, may also wanted to, you know, uh, uh, spread the rumors and try to challenge the verdict and etc. But I think the most important thing is the majority of people's view whether Chinese Communist Party in general, the leadership, gave a convincing case to the public. Now, I think they have a good chance to do that. And uh, again, that uh, of course, that uh, now we only talk about this single case, talk about Bo Xilai. In the, in, the next, in the coming months, that the country really will enter a very difficult period of uncertainties for the country. But uh, let's just uh, think that this is only this case for time being, for the coming months. I think uh, the leadership has a good chance to overcome it and also use that for the, the uh, uh, you know, for the input for something good. Next question. Thank you. Next question is from sure. Susan Short from the University of California. Sorry that I hit the wrong button on my cell phone yeah. last time. Yeah. Um, Chang, I wonder if you think there is any support for Boshulai, or has been previously, uh, has there been support in the standing committee? And specifically, do you think the uh, theory about support from Zhou Yunkang, uh, that there could be anything to it? Well, this is an excellent question. And uh, of course, as I indicated, before Wang Lijun case, of course, Boshulai had uh, much support from the other member of the standing committee, although that we need to make a distinction, not all uh, five standing committee members visited Chongqing necessarily support Bo Xilai. At least in my view, two leaders actually, their visits to Chongqing could be interpreted in somewhat different ways. One is certainly He Guoqiang. This is actually Steve mentioned earlier, He Guoqiang and Bo Xilai hated each other. How could you say that He Guoqiang's visit to Chongqing is an endorsement for Bo Xilai? Of course, Bo Xilai wants to use that uh, uh, look like an endorsement, but in reality, it's far from that. Maybe some of the deal should be made, or maybe He Guoqiang wants to say something different I mean, during that visit, or maybe He Guoqiang wants to get some leverage, and etc. Now, the second case is Xi Jinping. Yes, Xi Jinping a visit to Chongqing in a very high-profile manner. But if you look at the Xi Jinping's remarks in Chongqing, he actually said something quite, quite subtle, and uh, actually uh, some non-official media or semi-official media immediately picked up in the following day after Xi Jinping's visit, saying that actually uh, Xi Jinping urged Bo Xilai to cool down and to uh, respect the law rather than just pursue this kind of cultural revolution-style campaign. Now, certainly, uh, of course, this subjects to different interpretation. Uh, but anyway, that uh, that did have support. Now, the question is that after Wang Lijun case, whether someone supported Bo Xilai, and the Susan you mentioned about Zhou Yongkang, certainly I noticed the widespread rumor about Zhou Yongkang. 
But uh, let me say, first of all, that some rumors already proved to be wrong. Secondly, I would be surprised by some of the accusations that the Bo Xi Lai and the Zhou Yongkang wanted to undermine Bo, uh, Xi Jinping, unless I missed something very, very important. It does not make sense to me when Bo Xi, uh, Bo Xi Lai really, you know, and the Xi Jinping come from the same printing background. Of course, they have tensions, but uh, when you face serious challenges, like the, from the Communist Youth League, usually they will come together. And by the way, that uh, they all belong to Jiang Zemin's faction, and Jiang Zemin and Deng Qinghong are all heavyweight politicians. So Zhou Yongkang is certainly part of that. So it's just, it does not make sense to me, but I understand there's some rumors going on. But uh, at this point, I'm a little bit cynical, but uh, unless I'm uh, 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 strong evidence. Even, even some of the rumors to be proved to be true, Zhou Yongkang is someone is going to leave after the 18th Party Congress. I don't think it is the leadership's interest to deal with the issue. And so far, I think that um, the leadership of unity and the, rather than divide is the most important thing. I'm not saying that the leadership can maintain unity forever. I also think that they will face new challenges after 18th Party Congress. But at the moment, I do see the unity rather than vicious uh, 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 power struggle. Do you think there is any truth to the thought that Xi um, Lai was slated to replace Zhou Yongkang? Well, no, I don't think this is uh, uh, even possible, because the things that uh, you know, even when Xi Lai was uh, uh, part, uh, mayor of of Dalian, it, it's it's widely spread that he bugged the conversation of of uh, 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 the party secretary of Dalian at that time. I mean, if I knew that, uh, you know, other leaders should have known this. I mean, there's a tremendous force will block uh, uh, his appointment as Zhou Yongkang's successor. This is uh, very, very unlikely. It uh, does not make sense to me at all. Now, even, of course, that uh, I, I always thought that the Bo Xi Lai had 80% of chance to be a standing committee member, 80% the, uh, without the Wang Lijun case. When Wang Lijun case took place, it's become zero. Now, uh, but uh, the 80% chance he could only end up with some less important positions, like a propaganda czar, like the, probably the chairman of the C CPPCC. And uh, so he had no chance to really become premier as he wanted to, uh, other people to, uh, you know, uh, to, to believe. And certainly no chance to be a person in charge of police and in charge of the discipline. He will use the entire machine for his sake. I mean, this is a, uh, this speculation really, in my view, is an insult to the to, to, to the to the intelligence and uh, and and uh, you know uh, uh, the other leaders. I don't think this will happen, and this is even not the option. Other next question. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, just dial star one to pose a question, and please limit your questions to one at a time. We will be joining in now for a question from William Cunningham, committee member. Good afternoon. <clears throat> Early in your presentation, Dr. Lee, you indicated that uh, you believe that the uh, leadership uh, should move very quickly and briskly uh, to clear this matter up and not wait for the transition to take place. But uh, since then, you have indicated a number of caveats and uh, reasons to hesitate, uh, pressures that would militate against uh, quick action. So what do you really expect to have happen? 
Well, uh, the leadership unity itself is an important development, and uh, introduce some of the mechanism to uh, 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 for the party intra-party election at the 18th Party Congress to regain the legitimacy and the confidence among the party members, among the general public, is very, very important. And uh, the, some of the promises to deal with some of the policy issues, whether economic policies in terms of growing economic uh, 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 disparity and also the privilege of the, of the, the political elites and the, the anti-corruption measure, all these things they need to uh, do. Of course, you can say this is the, some of them are empathy promises, but some of them are real. Let's see whether they will introduce more electoral mechanism for election, whether they will really handle Boshilai's case in a more legal manner rather than the campaign method. These things will be known in the next few, few months. So again, I did not say there's a constraint for, for, for quick move. I think I'm for quick move. I think all the indication point out that they want to move very quickly. The, the fact that they announced that in a very decisive way, in a quick way, about the uh, uh, first, it's that uh, dismiss Boshilai's uh, 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 position in Chongqing, then within a month, that uh, also put a charge on uh, Gu Kailai, his wife, and also remove uh, his party uh, 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 Central Committee membership and the Power Bureau membership. These are all very decisive moves. Next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from Charles Wang from China AIDS Fund. Uh, Charles here. Uh, how are you? Good to Pretty good. hear uh, your uh, yes. great presentation. My uh, question is, uh, from your uh, assessment, what would be the worst or the best outcome for Bo Xilai? Would he uh, at least just get a jail term, or he's going to be getting even harsher uh, sentences? Uh, the worst thing, probably in my view, is... Uh, you know, uh, uh, death uh, uh, penalty, but the commute to life sentence in prison, as happened to Jiang King and others. This is probably the worst uh, scenario. The best probably in, uh, in a few years in prison. This is uh, my assessment. Hmm. So you think he serves no matter what? They don't let this... I think highly likely highly likely he will be in jail if you look at these charges. Because even the, the lowest charge so far now from the document released two or three days ago is go beyond that you made the wrong judgment in terms of personnel appointing uh, 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 Wang Lijun to be police chief. Now it just goes, you violate, you violate the party regulations. This itself could be quite serious charge, very much like the charges uh, against the Zhao Ziyang. But now, <laughs> look at his wife, look at the other possible cases, and uh, I think it should be far more severe. And also, it is just not right, you know, after 20-some years that uh, with house arrest with, uh, with Zhao Ziyang, you also do the same thing with Bo Xilai. And uh, this is uh, such a contradiction with the country, with the leadership who wants to emphasize rule of law, and uh, wants to emphasize of the legal procedures. So I think uh, highly likely will be in jail, jail term, and uh, this is uh, my my uh, uh, quick uh, uh, reaction. Next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from Lyman Benslike from Stanford University. Thank you, Professor Lee. Um, 
Since I can ask only one question, I'll just ask, in terms of uh, systemic operation of the party, um, would you care to uh, com compare and contrast the case of Bo Lai with the case a few years ago of uh, Chen Liangyu in, uh, in Shanghai? Uh, yes, and uh, uh, in many ways, that uh, certainly there's some similarities because the person replaced Chen Liangyu was first Han Zhen, then uh, Xi Jinping, then currently Yu Zhengshan. All of these three people are uh, Jiang Zemin's protégés, and um, including the member of Shanghai Dian. Now, uh, I think in that regard, it's similar because earlier I said that Dang Zhejiang, the, the person who replaced uh, Bo Xilai, is also uh, 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 you know from Jiang Zemin's camp. Now. Uh, the difference is uh, also uh, very big. It's uh, because uh, uh, Chen Liangyu's case is only related with corruption, and uh, but uh, Bo Xilai's uh, case involves far more serious charge. But uh, on both cases, you do see that the two competing factions or coalitions have cut the deal. Now, uh, after the the Bo Xilai case, there are some people said that this is a major blow for princeling, or this means the end of the princeling faction. I just don't buy that. I think if we really want to eliminate uh, one coalition or one faction, just like China is in revolution. This is just um, incredible, I mean, uh, 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 the things. It's uh, ten times more than just a purge of Bo Xilai. I think that what I call the one faction, two coalition, that formula largely remains. Uh, in the case of Chen Liangyu six years ago and the Bo Xilai case now. I'm not saying that it will remain forever. They need to change in the wake of Bo Xilai. But so far, we do see that, uh, that the, balance, the delicate balance of power largely remains. I think that actually is not necessarily bad for the time being. And uh, so this is uh, uh, my answer to the similarity and the differences of these two cases. Next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from Peter Wolf from National Committee. Um, hello. Thank you, Chung. Um, the, I'm, I'm wondering if you would comment on uh, the effect you, you, you think these events will have on the makeup of the Standing Committee and, to a lesser extent, the makeup of the Politburo going forward, um, if not in terms of specific individuals, uh, in terms of which factions will have a, more of an upper hand in the uh, composition, um, whether there will be a prejudice against uh, high-profile people like Beauchamp, such as Beauchamp was, or princelings in, in, in choosing members uh, to begin next winter. Uh, uh, this question uh, is very, very important, but I think that, uh, uh, first of all, that at this point still no one knows, even these leaders do not know. This is involved a complicated bargaining and uh, a, a very uh, complicated uh, deal-making process. I mean, uh, this is not only re uh, uh, related to the, the nine people selected, but also involved with uh, the role of Hu Jintao, whether he will remain as the chairman of the CMC, Central Military Commission, and also uh, the remaining influence of some elderly leaders. These are all factors related. Having said that, I still believe that the, the largely, if still nine members, of course there's no uh, a law that there should be nine members, could be seven, could be 11, and if that's the case, it still will be relatively uh, evenly uh, distributed in terms of the, uh, these top positions. And also, I believe that uh, the 
immediate beneficiaries may not necessarily uh, come with youth infection or Wang Yang because there's also component into backlash. But now Wang Yang is uh, is on the spotlight. There's some forces will contain Wang Yang Guangdong chief. He's a communist youth league official. His power and influence. And I also believe that the the in terms of individual leaders, probably the beneficiaries uh, maybe come from the same faction. Zhang Dejiang, even without Bo Xilai, will have a, a standing committee uh, membership seat. And um, uh, the people like Zhang Gaoli, current Tianjin party chief, and Yu Zhengsheng, current party chief in Shanghai, both are Jiang Zemin's protégés, have better chance to, you know, have Bo Xilai's seat. But, but having said that, I we early on mentioned the possibility of election methods used or introduced. If that is really introduced in the in the even in the election of the standing committee and the uh, power bureau, and uh, that will be another different game. So it's really beyond you know uh, uh, we cannot uh, assess at the moment. But I think uh, even this election, they will be always limited and also will be manipulated by some to, through some of the some of the other mechanism. But uh, if we introduce the the election method. I think the result will be somewhat different. So this is my basic take for the uh, excellent question. And um, but the bottom line is the factional balance of power, whether through the election or not through election, will largely remain. But uh, the 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 personnel on the standing committee depend on many many factors. The U.S. government seems to have done a magnificent job in not leaking one word. Of what went on when Wang Lijun was in the the consulate in in Chengdu,、uh, do you see any implications of this entire event、uh, for U.S.-China relations? Well,、uh, of course, that's very. I think I, first I praise the U.S. government not leaking any information, and also by the fact that they we do not directly involve with Chinese domestic politics and.、Uh, Sometimes could be very counterproductive, and also certainly the fact that Wang Liqing defects to the U.S. and the Bo Xilai, a person really represents some ultra-nationalist view, actually did all these awful things. This all just undermined the so-called conspiracy theory led by the United States. But on the other hand, there are always people criticize the United States for one way or another. But I think the the real challenge probably is yet to come. I think we do need to, if my analysis above is right. I think we should revisit some of the、uh, our policies towards China and how to prepare some kind of drastic changes in the Chinese political system in the near future. And、uh, this is also important. And also handle the Boshi line, some of the related issues. And uh, but uh, yes, you're right. There's not no major leak. But、uh, some of our leaders' comments on the Wang Liqing went there. Uh, you know, based on appointment, long time appointment, a regular visit, that actually did not resonate well among the Chinese public. They thought it was joke.、Uh-huh. It was embarrassment、uh, for the on part of the United States.、Huh. Interesting. I think our one hour has run, so I'm going to have to end it here. I apologize to those who have not gotten to、uh, ask their questions.、Uh, Chung, can you give them your email? Do you mind? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the. Oh, you're overwhelmed by it. So you need not do that. But, but, uh, but uh, uh, yes, for committee, one、uh, hundred committee. I mean, no, for 
for the national committee members, my answer is yes. But the, my answer will be very brief. I really forgive myself because I'm overwhelmed by that question. Yes. You have done a, a, yes. a magnificent job in, in uh, kind of laying out what has happened where there's so much speculation and so much not yeah. known. It's yeah, I want to add one more thing. I will have a major piece published by Yale Global. It's not about what I said. Almost none of the things I said today actually uh, 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 in that article, but it's about the broad trends in Chinese politics and Chinese society. It will be the Yale Global. It will be posted uh, next Monday. But also I will have an in, uh, extensive interview with MBR on the Bo Xilai episode, and a lot of details also differ from what I said today. Mm-hmm. There is an NP. When will MP, that be broadcast? NBR, no, I'm sorry, not NPR, oh, National Bureau of Asia Research, Asia Research. Some of the members probably on the call, they did an excellent job, I mean, interview. It will be a long interview, longer than this one, about the Boshila episode, with a lot of details. Huh. Yes. It will be posted probably next Tuesday. The Yale Global article will be posted uh, uh, Monday. Well, again, thank you so much for giving of your time, and uh, this was terrific. And thank, thank everybody for joining us on this call. Thank you. This doesn't conclude our teleconference for the day. You may